common to uh, uh, welcome to small. I don't know why I tried to speak German then. Welcome to small nose ruminations of a misanthrope season one episode nine. My episodes contain distressing and serious topics and are intended for a mature audience. If you're easily offended, then it's probably best that you leave. Go on. Go on, leave. Part 1. Lasagna, chips and salad... I'm all for, and to a large degree, embrace cuisine from all over the world being available in my home country, apart from Thai food and Vietnamese food, the latter of which, in my opinion, is usually just a bowl of hot murky broth with a few lumps of fatty meat in it. That aside, while out the other day, I saw a peculiar meal combination on a sign at a local restaurant. Lasagna with chips and salad, $10. Now, whilst the price is reasonable, I'm fairly certain that in 14th century Naples, Italy, it wasn't the intent of the first people to make the aforementioned lasagna for it to be bastardised by some imbecilic chef on the other side of the planet 600 years later by serving it with chips and fucking salad. That said, it would be probably quite nice. Part 2. Chop Sticks Whilst being in the unfortunate position of having to have lunch with work colleagues last week, I was chastised mocked, if you will, whilst in a Japanese restaurant for asking for a fork. It seems that I'm somehow deficient for not being able to or willing to use chopsticks when in this particular environment. When I'm in a restaurant, I'm there to eat. I won't bow to cultural conventions and use sticks to eat my fucking food. I asked my colleague that if she eats rice at home, does she eat it with sticks? And she said no. I asked her if she ate curry at home with sticks. Again, she indignantly answered no. So why the fuck am I being criticised for choosing to use a far more practical tool, i.e. a fork, rather than sticks to eat my fucking lunch with? Just because we're in a Japanese restaurant. The rest of the lunch was fairly quiet after that, which I welcomed. Part 3. Tofu Once again whilst having dinner with colleagues recently... Being a vegan, one of them ordered a tofu salad. I'd never thought much about tofu, so I turned to my colleague and asked him what tofu was. He enthusiastically told me that it came from soybeans. I ruminated on this for a while, then just googled it on my phone, and he was indeed correct. Tofu is indeed made from soybeans. I ruminated on this for a while as well and asked him, how are soybeans grown? Do they grow on trees, on the ground? He said they grow on the ground, they, they grow like a crop. I ruminated on this for a while, and upon consulting Google, I found again my colleague to be accurate with his answers. As the tofu salad arrived, and my colleague heartily and probably with a clear vegan conscience tucked into it, I couldn't help but feel for all the mice and baby rabbits that would have been collateral damaged and chopped up in the combine harvester's blades during the harvesting process. My steak was delicious, but more medium than medium rare, which is what I asked for. I was fairly well medicated that day, so I let it go, but it shouldn't be that fucking hard to cook it medium rare. Part 4. Laughter is the best medicine. It's often said that laughter is the best medicine. 
It's strange though, because whenever I visit a doctor, a specialist or a psychiatrist, they generally prescribe medicine, drugs or cognitive behaviour therapy. Maybe the saying should be changed to, whatever your health professional recommends is the best medicine dependent on your medical condition and medical history. Part 5. Lifts. Sometimes you have to endure things that are wholly unnatural for the human condition. One of those things is the humble lift. Humans squeezed into a windowless box as a means to elevate oneself to a higher or lower part of the building. One of the basic and spoken rules of the lift is that when it stops and the doors open at the desired floor, the liftee has the right of way, not the person attempting to get into the lift. Unfortunately, a large group of people find this simple rule hard to work out and try to gain entry to the lift prior to the lifty exiting. This is a plea to all. Please let the lifty exit first, or it just fucks everyone off and they will all think you're a cunt. Was, uh, that was interesting. Okay, emails and reviews. Two reviews in the last few days. One says shit, the other says shite. Both one star. Okay, in terms of emails, strap in. We've had an email from Albert, and Albert says, Dear Small Nose Podcast, in episode five, you cast your critical eye over people that whistle. I often whistle when I'm out and about, especially if I'm in a jolly mood. Maybe you should try it sometime. The great thing I find about whistling is that you don't necessarily have to whistle any particular tune. You can just improvise with whatever comes into your head. And another point, I think people enjoy hearing someone whistle. It might even make them feel better. Also, I'd just like to say that your podcast is very silly. Best regards, Albert Sheeny. Thanks, Albert. As you know, it's small nose. We love to hear your comments. Well, I don't actually, if I'm honest. It's another thing that I have to do. And I'm already busy trying to fight my constant stress and anxiety. But, but in reply to your comments, I will never whistle, either in public or alone. And you encapsulated the point perfectly when you said that you don't even have to whistle a particular tune. It's just fucking mouth piping for the sake of it. We don't want to hear it. So fuck right off, Albert. No one likes to hear someone else whistle. But if you do like listening to somebody whistle, then email, uh, what is it again? Smallnosepodcast at gmail.com and... Let me know if you like whistling. Be a bit weird if you did say that you like whistling because it's shit. Okay, another email this time from Clancy Hart. Clancy says, Dear Small Nose, in episode four, you criticised the RSPCA for approving chicken that was being sold in supermarkets. I think that you've got the wrong end of the stick. I think the intention of the RSPCA is to endorse the fact that the chickens prior to slaughter were kept in humane conditions. Often factory chickens are kept in terrible conditions prior to their slaughter. This is just a way of letting the human who is buying the chicken know that the chicken they are about to eat wasn't treated cruelly. P.S. Your podcast is rubbish. Regards, Clancy Hart. Okay, Clancy, I think you've missed the point entirely. I don't think having your head cut off, then being dismembered, having your innards removed and various parts of your aforementioned dismembered parts scattered and shoved onto a polystyrene tray, then covered in film and sold in a shop is very humane. I would wholeheartedly classify that as being treated cruelly. Now fuck off. For fuck's sake, we've had another email. Um, This one's from Emeritus Professor Jonas Power. Mm. Uh, 
Sounds interesting. Hi, Small Nose. There has been a lot of discussion on recent episodes regards Fleetwood Mac member Stevie Nicks' controversial proclamation around her song Dreams, where she stipulates that thunder only happens when it's raining. Another listener to this dreary mess of a podcast has pointed out that Nix's reference was metaphorical intent. Artistic license, if you will. And Small Nose has pointed out, from a scientific perspective, storms or thunder and lightning often occur in the absence of rain, making sex-addicted Stevie Nicks' declaration around sound meteorological knowledge redundant from a factual perspective. I would like to point out that from a meteorological perspective, it is always raining somewhere on the globe due to the fact that it is covered by 70% water and its effect on the water cycle. That is a fact. So on a meta scale, Village Bike Nicks is technically correct. Thunder only happens when it's raining by definition because it's always raining somewhere on Earth. P.S. I hate your stupid podcast, Professor Jonas Power. Wow. Thanks for your message, Professor. It would appear that in the weather-based trial of Stevie Nicks, you as her defence have managed to get her off on a technicality. Whilst I admit that you are probably correct, I do have doubts that sex-addicted Nicks would have actually had this fact in mind when she wrote the song. I can't imagine her IQ would push past 80 at best, but it is a slam dunk and I retract my initial statement in episode 7 around the validity of her lyrical proclamations. (laughs) 